I want you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. And as you're turning, give it up for the best pastor this side of heaven, Bishop Terrell Fletcher and his lovely wife, Lady Kay. Even in their absence, we bless God for you and we thank you for all that you do and sacrifice. Uh, Y'all have no idea the amount of sacrifice that comes with leading a church. So I want you to know, I want you to appreciate your leaders at every moment you can. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. And also everybody else. Greetings to first-time visitors and ministers, elders, deacons, all that. We love you. Let's read the Bible today. Starting from the fourth verse in chapter one of Jeremiah. And it says this. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Somebody say sanctified. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Next verse says, then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Verse 8, it says this, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. It's funny that people don't even know that they may have a word in them that they never known was in them. Hmm. Verse 10, it says this, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Verse 11, last two verses, it says this, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. I want to preach to this morning using as a subject, heaven is ready. Heaven is ready. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor on the left and tell them, say, neighbor, did you know heaven is waiting on you that's the wrong neighbor do me a favor turn to the right tell the other neighbor say neighbor heaven is ready to move that's still the wrong person the person behind you turn this way yes I want you to tell them say neighbor heaven is waiting on a response from you ah yeah you can clap it up for that right there let's pray God thank you so much for this moment this holy moment to speak your word God I ask you that you hide me behind the cloud that it is not about a man today but it is ultimately about your will God what would you have for the people of God today God we surrender ourselves to listen and I yield myself to do your will we praise you we say all these things in Jesus name shout amen amen you can be seated heaven is ready You know, I want to start this conversation even now as I come to the platform. I, 
I thank God because I realize again when God calls you into a space when he puts you into his perfect will it is always an act of grace that at the end of the day there is nothing that you could have done too good to receive the position that you will ultimately walk in that there is no, no amount of works that you can literally perform to get God to clap his hands for you but God by his grace with the covering of his blood positioned you as he wills amen tonight we have this morning rather we have to talk about calling we have to talk about destiny we have to talk about heaven being ready to move on your life but before we begin to have this conversation we have to start at the beginning and I believe this that for the Christian today one of the hardest subjects to, to accept when it comes to God is not just your blessing is on your way not that God's going to do it in your life not that God's going to bring you out but it, we have a difficulty with accepting the sovereignty of God the sovereignty of God God is a sovereign God he is the one that holds supreme power he is the one that holds supreme authority in other words whatever he says it's going to happen I promise you right now if God were to tell this ground to grow grass I promise you the ground would move then grass would begin to sprout amen if God were to say hey the sky that was blue is no longer blue it is about to turn bright green I promise you that blue will shift and all of a sudden you will see green skies if God said that blue is no longer blue but now it's red I promise you these textbooks tomorrow would change and shift because God is sovereign in all that he does he is the God that upholds the stars and he upholds the moon and he upholds the galaxies and he's so sovereign that that the enemy has to come to him first before he attacks you amen he enemy has to ask for permission just ask Job who he roamed the earth and he had to ask God can I can I and and the interesting thing about God is that with in all of his sovereignty and all of his knowing and all of his omnipotence God still chooses to deal with crippled humanity he is a sovereign God and I believe that the reason why that we as Christians struggle, especially in, the, in America, about the sovereignty of God is because we, we are taught that we have choices. I mean, we got choices, right? At the end of the day, we got things that we can make decisions on. And to an extent, we do have choices. Of course, the shirt that you wore this morning, you made the decision, you know. Uh, you know, the, the toothpaste that you brushed your teeth with, you chose the crest, that's the blessed toothpaste of heaven. You chose Crest because you had a choice, right? You chose the car that you drive. You know, you chose what you ate, the pancakes, the, the bacon, and, the, the, you know, the syrup on top. You chose to make a decision to eat that way. And this is the interesting thing about that is that even though you have the free will in the earth to do certain things you still got to understand that your free will only exists within the bubble of God's sovereignty in other words there's a moment where God's will trumps your free will 
Amen. And I want to take a moment to talk to my rebellious folks because the temptation to the rebellious person is that I am going to lean into my decisions. And despite what God says, I'm going to exercise my free will to do whatever I want to do. But the thing about God is that God is so God that he will literally put his foot down and make a declaration that I'm not about to budge. I'm about to close every door. I'm about to close every window. There is nothing that's going to hit. And I'm not going to move my hand all because God has made a decision and watch this you can fight it you can run from it but you got two 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 choices number one you can obey the word of God or you can go to your utter destruction it's your choice it is your choice see and this is the interesting thing about God is that in the sovereignty discussion we got to begin this conversation about predestination because if God, who is sovereign, does all things according to his will, then watch this. There has to be some things that he has predestined before the foundations of the earth. And when we think about predestination, you know, we, 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 it means that God, before the foundations of the earth, made certain decisions in a reference to the, the affairs of mankind. And the thing about it is that God would be involved in the moving of things until his will is brought into the earth. And what's crazy about it is that we only oftentimes limit this to talks about salvation. We only limit this to the talks of salvation. But there is a bigger conversation and reference to the will of God as it pertains to purpose of God in heaven. That this is why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 10 that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in so we at here at this church will shout it from the mountaintops and we'll declare it every single day that there's a purpose upon your life that what's in you is greater than what you perceive and the interesting thing about it is that you may have thought you made mistakes you may have thought that you are way behind but I want to make a declaration over your life that God is not done with you he is not finished with you he is not even close to completing the work and he says that I the God who started the work in you is faithful and just to 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 finish the work until completion somebody say he is predestining me man that is good God is good and so with that being said knowing that I'm chosen to do a work I got to deal with the question of the timing of God because if God has predestined me to do works in the earth if God has said hey you're called to do this and hey you are going to do this and you're going to move the nations the question is what time what day and when will God do what he said he's going to do we got to talk about the timing of God but I guess the question is how do you begin that conversation because the God of the universe is outside of time He's outside of time. So we, we look at God as the God who always was and who always is, the God who is here now, the God that has no beginning, no end, the God that didn't die, that will never die, rather, but and he was never born, no mama, no daddy. He's just God that exists right now. So the God of this world and this universe creates this earth and puts time into it. And we ask the question is how do I know by my watch what time God is getting ready to show up, you know, when we get ready for it and 
and we move cars out of our garage for the new cars, right? And, 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 and we prepare and we make room for things that we believe God is going to do. But I guess the question is, in a world of fast internet and a world of Uber Eats, in the world of fast food, Mickey D's, McDonald's, um, Burger King, bless God for the Whopper, how do I wait on the timing of God? How do I wait and be patient? Because in America, we have lost the art of patience. We are so eager to get to the space in God where God, I'm going to get me this house and God, I'm going to get me this ministry and God, I'm ready to, to rule the world. God, give me my kingdom. Give me mine. Give me blah, blah, blah. We are on the way. We are wanting. We are desiring and we're not ready and it's not even time for you to move. And this is the wisdom of God because I believe for some of us in this room, you're really not ready for, the, for what God has. You're not. It's okay to not be ready for what God has. That means I'm in his timing, God will make me ready, amen? Because I truly believe this, that if, uh, that the wisdom of God is this, that God doesn't give it to you because you're not ready because in a year you would lose it. And the pain of losing the promise is heavier than the pain of just waiting on God. So God isn't going to put something into your hands that you're going to lose tomorrow, but he waits for the fortitude in you so that you can literally uphold and sustain the thing. Amen? And for some of us, we're not ready just because if God were to give us what we was looking for at the promise that we, we, we so selfish and we, 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 so, we so suchy much and we just so self-absorbed that not only will we destroy the promise, but we're probably going to destroy everybody connected to the promise. Maybe God's reason as to why he said it's not your time is he's not just trying to protect you, but he's also trying to protect the people around you. Amen. I thank God for the God who, who literally protects people from the worst people in the earth. And I thank God for that. And so, with that being said, timing is complex. Because the Bible says that when God is ready, he begins to set things in motion. Right? Because now there's a question of people who are ready but don't even know that they're ready. They're ready and the gift is sitting in them and God is waiting to release it, but they have no idea that they're ready for what God has them. And so when God is ready to move, he begins to set things in motion and he aligns everything in his word. And that's why if Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says this, that his word will not come back to him void, but it shall accomplish what it what I please so when God is ready he waits for no man to adjust he just moves. when he's ready to reveal a thing he waits for no man to adjust he just talks right when God is ready to rock your world he's not waiting for you to get your credit right he's not waiting for you to get it all together but when God is ready to move he begins to unlock all the things necessary to move you into purpose and it's interesting because with that being said he releases the will of God and the will of God interrupts our timing and this is interesting because it becomes an intrusive thing when heaven interrupts my life with his will I'm watching Netflix here you come with the word of heaven I'm in this relationship but here comes the word of heaven 
Some of you, I'm in the club today, but guess what? I, the word of heaven has just hit me. It's an intrusive thing when God is ready to move on you. And so now we have to ask the question, is the readiness of God an opportunity for me to move or do I just wait? And so we find ourselves in the book of Jeremiah chapter one where the readiness of God interrupts the unsuspecting prophet. <laughs> he mad, y'all. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you mad, huh? <laughs> we, we, we can infer that Jeremiah does not even know that he's a prophet. We know this. God interrupts his day. So before I formed you, I knew you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nation. Begins to make excuses. Interesting thing about Jeremiah is that he would arise in a time where the leaders were practicing political foolishness. And he would then become a prophetic voice to leadership and to people in his region. And so what God does is he reveals himself in, in verse 5 and says, I ordained you as a prophet to the nation. God suddenly interrupts his space he suddenly literally and the interesting thing about it is that Jeremiah is cool he's not he's not he's not he's not moved before we have no record of him complaining you know some of y'all complain when you've been in the space for two years or some of y'all complain that God's not doing nothing because I'm sitting in a moment y'all think time is is a space of stagnancy you have to consistently be moving but the interesting thing about it is that you could be doing movement but not moving you can be busy and not moving the needle of heaven. You can be busy doing a lot of things for God, but not doing things with God. Amen. But him, he sits and he waits and he moves and he does. And here comes God says, I am ready to release you into your ministry. Question today. What do you do when the readiness of heaven impacts the unreadiness of the earth? What do you do when God confronts you with an opportunity to partner with you and heaven, but yet you don't feel prepared? And this presents a problem because often when God calls you in the midst of your deficiencies, you start to realize you got all these bad habits and again, my weaknesses and, and, and I'm still stuck in rebellion that even though you don't feel ready, God says it's still your time. And this is the mystery of purpose that God ordains your purpose. He births you into the earth. Then he reveals himself to redeem you. And from that space, after he abrasively reveals the purpose that he ordained from the foundation of the earth and it is in the announcement of your purpose that you become aware of all of your deficiencies your proclivities the fact that you still lie and you still cuss a little bit and you'll fight the next person that say whatever they say and you're gonna do what you're gonna do then God begins to deal with the deficiencies of who you are so that you can walk in purpose and so the question now remains is what does God have to deal with you you in in order to push you into your purpose yes what deficiencies in you that cause you to back up and cause you to mess things up does God have to deal with in order to push you into purpose and so today I want to give you three things and we can go home and we're gonna eat brunch and we're gonna have a good time um, but I want to give you three deficiencies that God must deal with in you when the readiness of heaven connects with the unreadiness of the earth. Somebody said number one. 
number one. The first thing that God has to reconcile in you is he has to reconcile the deficiency of inexperience. Write that down. The first thing that God has to do in reference to calling you, you being unready, is he has to deal with the deficiency of inexperience. Jeremiah 1 verses 4 through 6 says this, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before, I born, before you were born, I was sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, it's funny, how I, ah, you know, uh, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. I am a youth. And it's interesting because Jeremiah uses the phrase, I am a youth. And the first thing that we think about is the age. Yes, Jeremiah was younger. You know, it's, it's thought that he was 17 years old when he would begin his call in the office of the prophet, you know. And the danger of that is that he's coming to rebuke a bunch of people who are older than him. And then interesting about that is that when you're younger, sometimes you're not necessarily taken seriously because of your age, right? But he also speaks not just of his age, he's actually speaking of his inexperience. So because of his age, in other words, he did not have time to get prepared for what was to come. He did not have time to get the degree before they offered him the position. He did not have time to say, hey, I'm going to get this certificate before it was offered to him right there in that moment. And again, up until this point, he was a priest. Okay, Ministry is not a new thing. You know, he was a prophet and a priest, but he'd been walking as a priest for some time. So the interesting thing is when God chooses to shift him into the prophetic office, he has no experience in this prophetic office. He has no experience in prophetic realms. He does not know how to necessarily interpret prophetic dreams. He doesn't know how to say things the way it needs to be said. So there is a learning space that he needs to have in order for him to actually walk in this correctly the crazy thing about it is that the call called for an expertise that he did not have time to acquire so the question is now what does God have to do in you when I'm requiring you to walk into a level of excellence but you ain't never been excellent in anything you've done in your life And so many of us in the church are moving into a season where God is unexpectedly about to shift you into something that you have no experience for. He's literally shifting you into something that you have no education for, right? We love God for the degrees. We thank God for the pedigrees. We thank God for all the certificates. But there's a time where God's about to push you into something that your degree can't even touch, amen? It's something because God in his foreknowledge from his throne saw people before the foundations of the earth dying. And he said, guess what? You, it's going to take you four years to get this together, but anybody got time for that? Sally Mae got to be up. We got to do some work in the earth. Yes, some people in your family maybe have been suicidal. And if you're going to take three years to get it together, anybody got time for that? Your whole family is going to be missing if you don't respond now. Half of the people on your block is dying, shooting up with drugs. There's, there's, there's things in them that's literally dying and going to hell. And it's going to take you five years to get it together. 
together. God is saying, ain't nobody got time for that because I got a people that I'm trying to pull up out of the pit and I'm requiring your hands to move them. I'm requiring your gift to hit them. I'm requiring your love to love on the people that never deserved it. Can I get a praise for all the people that's getting ready to release the gift of God unto a people? So, and so what, what is the danger though? What is the danger of an inexperienced person? Because a person who's inexperienced can come into a space and lethally make mistakes, can say the wrong thing and lead a whole bunch of people astray, can say the wrong thing and mess everybody up. I'm talking about everybody, right? <laughs> this is what God responds to when it refers to this danger, he responds by releasing provision for supernatural impartation. I gotta work with this here. He releases provision for supernatural impartation. Impartation is nothing but a divine transfer of a spiritual gift, a gift grace, or anointing to do the will of God. Amen. It is a supernatural divine transfer to release a spiritual gift, a grace, or an anointing to, to do the will of God as it pertains to your life. And this can be done through the laying on of hands, 2 Timothy verses 1 through 6. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is, in, which is in you through the laying on of hands. It can also happen by being in the presence of God and God supernaturally doing something in the presence of God. And what, look, at, look, at, look at how this looks and look at what God does. He says this, I am a youth, uh, and God says this, do not say I am a youth. So the first thing God does is he rebukes him for all his excuses. And I'm, I'm about to tell some people this today, that all these excuses you keep bringing to the presence of God as to why you can't do something and why you're not ready and, and why, 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 did God, I can't, I can't do this. God is getting ready to rebuke every excuse. He's getting, getting ready to rebuke every reason as to why you say you're not ready. So he rebukes Jeremiah. He says, you going to do what I tell you to do and I'm not you're not just going to do it I'm going to give you the ability to do it so Jeremiah 1 and 9 says this that he puts forth his hand touches his mouth and behold he he says I put my words in your mouth he literally touches the mouth of Jeremiah he gives him the words not just only the words but he awakens the ability to prophesy effectively in other words there was a supernatural impartation that led to the accelerated maturation of his gift. Can I tell you something? God is getting ready to supernaturally increase the process, accelerate the process. He's getting ready to mature the gift into you. And all the people that said, I can't speak, you're going to suddenly start speaking eloquently. People going to understand what you're saying. For all the people that said, I don't know what this Bible is saying. I'm reading, I got commentaries, I don't know what God's trying to do. All of a sudden you're just going to start having a revelation of the mysteries of God you're going to all of a sudden say God I just don't know what to do every time I get in your presence and I feel like I got a word from you I just seize up and I just don't know how to respond watch this you're going to have the ability suddenly to walk in it give the word of God and impact the whole generation I'm excited for the people of God that's getting ready to embrace that I'm excited for a people of God that said hey listen I'm, I'm, I'm literally relying on the will of God for my life and I may not have the degree and I may not have the pedigree but I 
I got a supernatural impartation from heaven that's going to allow me to move in the thing of God. I wish somebody would give God a shout of praise for the supernatural impartation of heaven in this moment. Somebody shout amen. Supernatural impartation. I love that. I love that. Somebody say number two. Number two, if heaven is to impact you and you ain't ready, I mean, we, we not ready. And can I tell you this is that, is that if you really saw it all, you know, you wouldn't know what to do with it anyways. You wouldn't understand it all. You wouldn't understand how I got from point A to point B. And this is why God in his wisdom releases it in time, right? So number two, the second thing he has to reconcile in your life so that you can walk in the purpose of God is he has to reconcile the deficiency of your lack of authority. He has to reconcile the deficiency of your lack of authority. Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10 says, he says this, he said, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And watch this, he says, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Up until this point, Jeremiah has been a priest for some time, as we have said before. So up until this point, his, his ability and his level of authority was connected to his work in the temple. It was connected to priestly duties. He had authority to do priestly duties. And when you talk about authority, you're talking about the legal right to operate in power in a space. It is the delegated right to operate in power in a region or a space. And so what God does is he says, hey, listen, you've been a priest for long enough. I'm about to release you into the office of the prophet. Now, what people don't know is that the office of the prophet requires another level of authority, right? It, it, it comes with another level uh, of, of, of authority because what you, you're not doing normal things. You're operating in supernatural things much of the time, right? And so what God has to do is that if I'm going to give him a voice to speak to the nations, if I'm going to give him a voice to do the will of God I have to put him into a position that will aid him into actually doing that thing because otherwise he will be operating illegally in a space that he's not supposed to be in think about a teacher trying to operate as a police officer think about a, a person who comes into your house looks into your cabinets starts saying hey listen y'all gonna do things my way but they don't even live here they don't have the ability to make rules exercise power because they don't have have authority in this space and the danger of this for us is that we in a sense can become renegade folk when now we start to open up and do ministry out of order we start doing things out of order we start saying this and that and from there there comes perversion so what God has to do in order to make sure this all lines up in his word is he has to reposition him give him the ability to walk in this thing listen to what he says he says see this day I have set you over 
in response to the actual lack of authority, he releases the provision of position. He releases the provision of position, meaning I'm giving you a new position. You no longer have a voice only. You also have the position to release this voice. And now you can root up. And now you can pull down. And now you can destroy. And now you can throw down. And now you can build. And now you can plant. Can I tell you what God's getting ready to do in your life? He's getting ready to shift you from the mail room to the office upstairs. He's getting ready to put you into places that you can make actual decisions. And when the time comes, I want you to get your books, get your stuff, pack up your posters, get your things, grab your bag, jump on that elevator and say, I'm going up to the next position because I'm getting ready to make some decisions that's going to change the world. I'm getting ready to make some decisions that's going to impact people. I'm getting ready to make some decisions that's going to change some things around here. I'm excited for the moment where God says, hey, you can leave this place and you can move into the space that I've ordained for you to be in. I wish somebody would give God a shout of praise for being able to be shifted from point A to point Z up the top. Come on. had a song just popped in my head you know it was just funny but uh <laughs> you're gonna be like what's that song what's that song gonna be huh? you know. <laughs> number three somebody said number three last but not least and we're done is if God is getting ready to shift some things in your life and if God is getting ready to move you and you're not ready like you say He says, in order for you to move into your calling and move in excellence, he has to reconcile the deficiency of your internal fears. You can write that down. If God is getting ready to shift you, if the readiness of heaven is getting ready to move you from point A to point Z, he has to reconcile the deficiency of your internal fears. And this is the interesting thing. Jeremiah 1 and 8 says this. God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you. And he tells Jeremiah not to be afraid. And in order for God to make this statement, there have had to have been some type of fear that was hidden within him. Okay, Because God just literally turned Jeremiah's whole world upside down. And the interesting thing about it is that his assignment thus part, again, as a priest, was in the space of priestly duties. But the interesting thing about the priest is that the priest was uniquely endowed to be a voice to God for the people. In other words, I'm going to go to God on your behalf. The interesting thing about God is that he, he says, hey, I'm putting you in the prophet's seat. And the crazy thing about a prophet is the prophet now has been literally ordained and endowed to not be a voice to God for the people, but now is going to be a voice to the people for God. And the hard thing about that is that when you become a voice for God, there is a new 
uh, there's a new attack that comes with the voice of God. See, you know, he's getting ready to be a prophet and it wasn't like it is today where everybody want to be a prophet and everybody getting ready for the pulpit and everybody want a microphone, everybody want the Instagram likes and all that. People, was, people back in the day was not excited necessarily to be a prophet because when it comes with the prophet, the prophet necessarily wasn't necessarily a person with good news. He didn't necessarily come with news like I'm going to bless you and God's going to give you a house and God's getting ready to give you your wife and you're about to get married right no 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 no. they oftentimes came and said I'm about to chop this whole thing down God I'm getting ready to take everything from you it was literally words of doom and gloom because God was literally making them a voice of judgment to a rebellious people and the thing about that is that people who don't want to hear your mouth find ways to try to get you out of their space and there's a reason why Jeremiah was the weeping prophet he was the weeping prophet in which people would push him into pits and people will do things to him which means he knows watch this he knows that the attack that comes with the office of the prophet is greater than the attack of the office of the priest and what I'm getting ready to encounter is I'm getting ready to encounter a warfare that I was not necessarily prepared for some of you in this space right here have no idea why things around your home is breaking up you have no idea why things have been shifting to the point where people have been messing with you and getting on your nerves and sending these weird text messages and these demonic attacks in the night and night terrors and you walking in depression and you starting to have suicidal thoughts. Could it be that God has shifted you in the supernatural? He shifted you in the spirit into something that you didn't even know you was going to walk into? You are literally in a new space. So when God sees the fear, he already knows that this fear takes away courage. And if you ain't got courage, you ain't walking in the will of God. And there is a people that needs to understand that you will never walk in the will of God if you are stuck paralyzed in fear you will be at your home you will sit at your desk and if I don't move in this thing it'll never happen so what God has to do is he has to release something that is going to release courage to him and so he tells Jeremiah he says guess what I am with you to deliver you and that word deliver is interesting because that word literally means it, it, it literally means to pull away and to pull apart and otherwise it is the idea of pulling you away from anticipated danger it is an idea of pulling you pulling apart the schemes of the enemy and so what God does is he releases the provision of divine protection and he says this you don't have to be afraid because the God who pulls you out of danger is about to go with you you don't have to be afraid because because the God that pulls you out of the pit is with you. You don't have to be afraid because the God who pulls apart the enemy schemes is going with you. And this is why I thank God because I'm starting to recognize those moments when people would just call me out the blue and said, I'm praying for you. I'm excited for those moments where people, where God will show up in your life and you may have had suicidal thoughts, but somewhere somebody at 3 a.m. in the morning woke up out they sleep, decided to pray for you and then you woke up with the ability to just keep on pushing and you said I was going to leave the marriage I was going to do this but somehow in me 
there's some type of protection there's some type of shield around me that despite what came against me despite what came against me I'm still here he's literally he's put up a shield and the interesting thing about it is that with that being said there is a shield of protection look, look at what he said look what he said I want to let me find that verse where did that mm. he says this behold I have made you a fortified city this is verse 18 Jeremiah 1 and 18 he says I made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and that is the idea that I have literally put around you fortified things shields to keep you and this is the thing about it is that many of you felt what you thought was an attack but guess what did you die no you didn't why because it only hit the fence this is what you this is what you need to understand is that the attack that came against you you have may felt that little impact you have may felt a little bit right there you uh oh my ankle hurts but guess what you did not die because it only hit the fence it only hit the outward but God I lost my car he only hit the car but do you have your mind he said but God I literally have no money I have bills I gotta pay he only hit your wallet but he didn't hit your body listen I promise you right now if you can recognize the fortification of heaven you will begin to have a courage I'm excited for the God who fortifies and for the God that protects and that God with his foreknowledge actually put things around me he put things around me look at your neighbor touch your neighbor wake him up if they sleep and let them know he said listen ah he's putting things around you 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 He's putting things around you. You thought you was going to go down, but he put around me something to protect me. He put around me something that protects me. Now I can walk outside and know. Here's a question, but did you die? No, I don't. And no, I won't. I'm going to do the will of the Lord no matter what the enemy brings up to me. Somebody shout, he is protecting me. Come on, you can give God praise right there. Because that means every attack that tried to take out your life, you was, it was blocked. Yes, every relationship that was meant to break you down, he cut it out. Come on, right there. protected me he's protected me do me a favor stand on your feet all over this room we're getting ready to end right there God sent me here to tell somebody this morning that he's protecting you that in the midst of the call of God and pursuing what it is that he has for you he's protecting you And I've literally seen moments in my own personal life where the hand of God protected me from some type of disaster. I never forget the time I was at the taco shop. <laughs> Y'all are about to laugh. It was a real story. And at this taco shop, I was excited. I came from a night of partying somewhere. I don't remember. It was years ago. And all of a sudden, I remember in an instance, 
gunshots went out. It's a pop, pop. And everybody ducks to the ground and I see the bullet hole in the wall. I don't know who they were aiming at, but I realized that that bullet could have touched me. Could have took my life. There was another time I remember I was at the bus stop back in the days before I had Old Faithful, that 18, the 1988 Ford Crown Victoria with no front bumper and tape keeping down the trunk. Y'all done seen that thing. But the years before Old Faithful, I remember a time I was sitting at the bus stop literally reading a book for school because, of course, I'm late with my assignment. And this man walks up to me, and I turned around, and I said, hey, how you doing? I find out it's a person that I that I knew. I said, bro, what's, what's going on, man? It's been a while since I seen you. He said, oh my God, Franklin, I almost stabbed you. Didn't know that he was, in, he was in gangs and that I looked like someone who stabbed him. He pulled out the knife to show me and that would have been my life. So I thank God for those moments where I realized that he literally protected me. I remember, and this is the last story, we'll close. I remember a time when I was younger and I remember me, my sister, and my mom were walking across the street. And I never, I tell the story because it's, it's interesting because it's, it is a supernatural story. But I remember that this drunk driver runs a red light and hits all three of us. I'm talking about runs the red light. We couldn't have been no more than four and five years old. But my mom said, she said, and I, and, I, and I give God the glory. My mom said, she said, Franklin, I saw an angel come out the sky. I saw this angel come, swoop down, pick you up, put you in one arm, pick my sister up, put you in my other arm. The car was getting ready to hit us, picked all three of us, guided us into the car so we wouldn't get hit. And guess what? Right when my mom's head was getting ready to go into the windshield, the angel pushes her head up so her head does not come into the windshield. Let me tell you what God literally did. He saved a whole family from dying prematurely. And I I promise you that this was an enemy attack. I don't know why it happened, but for some reason, God chose to save my life for such a time as this, and I'm excited for it. I wish somebody would give God a praise because there were some things in your own personal life that God kept you from. You should have died with the needle in your arm. You should have died with the needle in your arm. The person that was coming to take your life, you should have been dead. You should have been left behind, but for some reason, the blood of Jesus came upon you and redeemed your life and God said this there's too much purpose in this one there is too much purpose in this one there is too much purpose in this one and I am determined to literally see the will of God for their life come forth I wish somebody would give God a shout of praise right there for divine protection for he's worthy and she is So I want to pray a prayer for a people and I want to call the quick altar call. We got to go. But I want to tell you this first and foremost, so I pray for your yes this morning. I pray that you release your yes this morning. 
I'll tell you right now, it's going to require you to have strength. And I promise you, it's going to require you to be strong in the Lord. And I promise you, it's going to require you to walk by faith. Now, on some of those months when you have more bills than money, you're going to have to walk by faith. For some of the months, you, whatever's coming against you seems greater than what you can deal with. But it's time for you to walk by faith. And God's getting ready to release super.